Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back, welcome back everybody throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, Uh, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is uh, America. This is the C.L. Bryant Show, I am C.L. Bryant, and coast to coast, border to border, over red state talk, we are coming at ya, red state, our flagship station, and uh, certainly want to thank all of you who have made our show so popular. I've been uh, re, uh, sort of re-transmitting uh, or re uh, not really relocating. I haven't decided what I'm going to do uh, yet. Um, but I'm, I'm in Shreveport, Louisiana now, getting ready for uh, my wife's um, memorial service coming up on the 27th of this month at Word of God Ministries in Shreveport, Louisiana. Pastor James A. McMinnis will be uh, officiating that um, service, our memorial service for my my sweet wife uh, who has uh, left me and gone on to be with the Lord, uh, Jane Bryant. I tell you what, uh, the only way that's keeping me sane about this is I think uh, that, you know, yeah, she has left me for some other man, but it's Jesus. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's the only way. That's the only way to uh, to uh, to see yourself through um, the, the the trials. Uh, and I can't even describe it. I don't have the words of losing uh, a companion that you've been with for over forty years. So we're going to uh, put her to rest. Um, um, uh, well, we cremated her, but we're going to have her memorial service um, on the twenty seventh, and certainly. I look for all of you in the Shreveport region to come out and help and share with our family and memorializing Jane Bryant, my wife. Hey, folks, um, I'll be on Hannity later today. And uh, I'm sure that, you know, we well, with, with, with Sean, the conversation go any any direction. It can go any direction. And so I want you to understand that uh, in this um situation that we are facing right now, we will have to have a variety of conversation about how to overcome our human frailty. Because because that is what we're facing here. We're facing uh, absolutely our own human frailty. And we're putting colors on it. Which is ridiculous because this murdering of individuals happen minute by minute by minute by minute. It's a wonder that we keep holding on. (laughs) 
Yeah. You have to put a little levity in it if you don't want to lose your sanity as you watch America fundamentally change before your very eyes. The question is, uh, will you continue to support the fundamental change of America? Hey, listen, what you are seeing is not the uh, black lives mattering movement becoming important what you are seeing and let me let me let me tell you this very clearly you're seeing uh, actually the manip- manipulation of a wound that has never had a chance to heal and the people who are perceive themselves because I want you to understand this. Not all black people see themselves as victims because most have not bought into the idea. However, the silent and, and, and the more uh, the smaller majority, not the silent majority, but the more smaller majority is more vocal. And they're easy, more easily manipulated because they uh, don't have uh, many times the right information to make the proper decisions, right? They can't make the proper decisions because they're not uh, getting the right information. And so they act then off of emotion. Those who are doing this and, and, and a lot of um, and I know I'm going to get this email and text and all this kind of stuff uh, for me using the word they. But you, you see, you have word police coming out. It's not me and it's not black people that are, are in my circle as far as business is concerned. But I know many black people. I have relatives who are black people, just like I'm talking about, who I love. But they're not getting the right information. And, they're, and they, they, the ones I'm talking about, they, are making bad decisions based on uh, faulty information. And not that, you know, hey, I, I have every, uh, you know, source of, of information there is, but what the difference may be is that I'm able to weigh between this and that. And if you are weighing between the liberal message, if you are actually weighing the liberal message uh, take out the emotion that you have grown to have toward liberals, black folks, and the liberal message. Take, take for a moment, take that out of the equation and just listen to how both messages, both the liberal and the conservative camp plays toward your pocketbook. If, if you can take that into consideration for just a moment or two, in making your decision about anything, I believe that you will come to several different conclusions. But you have to be willing to listen to both sides. And that is something that most young people, white or black, black people for sure, especially over a certain age. You would think that older black people would be more uh, inclined to hear both sides of a story, but nay, nay. Older black people are more closed off 
to hearing a different side of the story than they heard in the 60s. And then you couple that vote with the uninformed because older black folks are informed. They're historically informed. They simply have interpreted in modern times, post uh, 1985, 1990, modern times. Yeah. Post that. It's like crossing over from the 19, from the 1800s into the 1900s. That's what we did when we crossed out of uh, the, the 1900s into the 2000s. We changed times, but our thinking remained in the 1900s. Our, our thinking remained in the 1900s. And that's what we have to come to grips with is the fact that our type of thinking is conducive to the things that went on in the 1900s, but it will not help us to live our best lives in the, the 20s. <laughs> All through the 20s. And then, you know, you do 100 years of the 20s. We did 100 years of the 1900s. And in that time, think of all the things that occurred. Think of all the things that happened in that hundred year span. I was born midway through that. Uh, and then the rest of you who are here, you came along too. <laughs> okay. And up to where we are right now, 20 years into the next century, you have people called millennials who really don't bridge the gap between the 1900s and the, and the 2000s. They are millennials. They are people who were born at the turn of a thousand year span and at the turn of a century as well. And they do not bridge. They have no connection to the past century as I do. We are in a circumstance now, my fellow Americans, where um, we need to understand that it's time to wake up. The, 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 the sea of color, the shallow sea of color, I talk about this a lot around the country, this shallow sea of color that we have been traveling on here lately will not benefit us in the long term. It can't because it's uh, based on hypocrisy. I have said this before and I'm going to say this again. Unless we come to a point in this life and black people, please hear me because the only way your lives are going to matter is if we move forward instead of backward in our thinking of who we have been in this country. You see, what they want to do is remind you of who you were. 
Yeah, they want to remind black folks of who they were, not of who they are. And so there is a game being played here by and and you are being um, used by white liberals as we have always been used by white liberals since the death of Dr. King. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. White liberals have used us in extraordinary ways and we have let them since the death of Dr. King, but we were led there by people like Al Sharp, by Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. Jesse Jackson, begin with. Everybody remembers Jesse showing up NBC News uh, the day after, morning after King's death in his blood-stained uh, jacket, giving the impression that uh, King had died in his arms, which was an absolute um, misleading was was absolutely misleading. Yeah. Manipulated. Hoodwinked, bamboozled is what um, black folks are being and what's what's happening right now with this black mind. Unless all lives matter. Unless all lives matter. Unless we come to that point, none of us can escape the hypocrisy. And, 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 and listen, I, I want you to look at this that's being presented to you in reverse. You have young white people. They are, <laughs> how do you say this? Scripture says no man has hated himself his own flesh. <laughs> but um, you have, let me show you how uh, uh, powerful, strong uh, this type of manipulation can be by the media. And let me show you how successful they are when it comes to manipulating the minds of young people. They have young white people uh, avowing hatred for their whiteness because someone told them to do that. No one does that because of conscience, because they have self-worth. Even a slave has self-worth. You, you, you won't, you're not going to tell a slave to, to, to mutilate himself. You can tell him to do it. They might be afraid of you to do it, but they, it would be under coercion. But the, you, you see these young white people marching in the streets of America who are actually uh, speaking ill of themselves and their ancestors. And you have uh, young black people who are receiving a low self-esteem of themselves and are being joined in uh, reinforcing that self, self, low self-esteem by young white people who are utterly brainwashed and throwing away their birthright. 
And young black people have only just begun to understand, and many of them don't understand still, that they have a birthright. I'm an older black man. And I know we have it because I was there when we were given the rights to it in 64 and 65 constitutionally. And then uh, when we look at the 15th Amendment there where I'm voting, I know that I have the same birthright because I exercise my right to vote. I go to the polls. And I declare that if there's anybody who uh, can't get to the polls, they call me, they call you, they call their church, whatever. They can get to the polls to vote. There was a time in this country when uh, if you were black and you wanted to vote, you were not going to. But that, friends, do not be duped into believing that there is some type of voter suppression going on. That's a lie. But for some reason, it plays to the emotional victimization that white liberals want black people to be engulfed in all the time, engulfed in all the time. And we so willingly play along. We so willingly destroy our stuff or we'll allow other people come in and destroy it and then have the audacity to tell us that we don't need police officers. Because of what? Because of an idiot who took down a black man who of course we could have a lot of conversations about how this all occurred and we will when the cl bryant show returns with more real talk with more building of this bridge to conversation thank you all for coming along with us daily as we build a bridge from 1205 until 2 p.m in the east over red state talk radio i want to thank loving liberty for allowing us to be a part of their family as well i am so proud to be a part of uh, that family and i also want to thank our friends at freedom works freedomworks uh, org. freedomworks.org go there and become a part of the movement yeah the largest grass Roots organization in the nation of which I'm proud to serve as senior fellow uh, there with FreedomWorks, FreedomWorks.org. Of course, my opinions are my own, and I'm speaking solely as C.L. Bryant. Now, we're going to return after uh, this brief words with more of the C.L. Bryant show. And again, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily, coast to coast, border to border. If you're going through Times Square, look up above Ripley's, believe it or not, and the Red State Talk billboard is there, and OCL is looking right back at you. Right back.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. So glad that you could come along with us today in building the bridge to conversation. I am CL Bryant and uh, coast to coast, border to border, over the largest talk platform in the nation, Red State, Red State Talk. And I also want to thank all of the other terrestrial stations who have us in replay uh, throughout the country as well. Defund the police. Ah, dismantle the police. Really? (laughs) Uh, Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters. Yeah, you gonna call them? Who you? But but, serious question now. Who you gonna call? And it has to be better than Ghostbusters. Who does this harm the most? That's what I want to know. That, that's, that's what I want to know. I want to know who does this harm the most? Huh? Who does this harm the most if police officers are taken off the street? Who do these bleeding heart liberals hurt with this type of action? They hurt the very people who they've hurt all along. Poor black folks. You see, and you cannot, I I cannot stress this enough. This uh, marching in the streets and all this Black Lives Matter stuff, this has nothing to do with the death of a black man. This has something to do with a visual of a white cop who, for some reason, the uh, progressive liberals have chosen to pick them out to hate. Killing a black man. They can use that. Oh, we can use that. And that's a crisis that we can't let go to waste. We can use that. But, but, but don't think that this is about the killing of a black man. This is about the visual of someone who the liberals hate, the police officer and the white male killing a black man because black men are killed by black men every day and nobody's burning anything down about that. Okay, are you hearing me? This 
is not about George Floyd because white liberal agendas don't care anything about the George Floyds of the world. Al Sharpton doesn't care anything about the George Floyds of the world. He sees them as an opportunity to promote himself. Every time you have uh, someone die like this, a vulture like Sharpton comes flapping his wings. That's what he does. And friends, we are so many times manipulated. All of us. Through emotion. Red, yellow, black, or white, whatever your stripe is. And they and at times like this is when they really want you to be aware of that particular color of your stripe. And naturally, we're all addicted to our own skin. And that's exactly why I cannot understand why young white men in particular and I see even young white women out there helping them along, aiding and abetting them in hating themselves. Why? Because some other white liberal who hates themselves because they have this warped view of history want them to apologize and carry the burden of the entire world on the shoulder of a white American. And they want black Americans to be their crucifiers. <laughs> oh, it's a sordid, sordid story when you look at it. And it's sad to understand how easily we are manipulated as human beings. But we are. Oh my goodness, we are so manipulated as human beings. I have a question that I ask when this segment began, and that question is, who are you going to call? Huh? Who are, who, who calls the police in the black community? Huh? Who, who does, when, when the police are called, who's calling the police? It's someone who has been the victim of a crime in the black community and uh, they are usually 99% of the time black themselves. And they have been set upon by someone who is also black. And when they call the police, believe me, something, if they're needing something to be handled. Many times it's just a call that will never go handled. So my question is, who does this harm? Who would this harm the most? White liberals, no. It'll hurt the very people they claim they care about. And that is a lie. They have never cared for black people. They have or Latinos, they, white liberals have never cared for women except to use and exploit their, their concerns as well. And if you look closely at what goes on, you notice, you can see that their concerns are exploited. 
by white liberals the same as the concerns of the blacks and Latinos are exploited by white liberals for political power and gain. They have never done anything effective for either of the causes. And if they have, then Latinos, blacks, women, why then are we still, after all these years, still mad? After all of the um, advances, and there have been many, and listen, I, I was in an interracial marriage uh, all the way back in the mid-70s, early 70s. Huh? I know what the world was like. Yeah, I was getting married in the 70s, which means that I grew up in the 60s. I was born in the mid in the late 50s, latter part of the 50s. Yeah. And I have seen how this nation has evolved, where it has come from and where it is trying to go if we would allow ourselves time to come out of the past. That's where we spend most of our time here in America these days, especially when we talk about race. We talk about race in in past terms. American young people are so brainwashed at this point in time that they actually want to go back to a point in time when it was segregated on college campuses or or when it was segregated in America. That's how brainwashed they are. And believe it or not, young white people, <laughs> this may be Freudian, actually support that. Oh, why? Because, oh, they, you know, they have the right to do that if they want to do that, right? That's what young white people will say, huh? But I'm saying that uh, the support of that type of thing is almost Freudian because they've been taught by white liberals to take that type of attitude. Oh, it's, it's, it's convoluted. And once they capture the hearts and minds of your young people, And it's, it, it's apparent that that's what's happening. Then the definitions, as I talk to you about all the time, the definitions that will be laid out for the future will change our destination as a nation the definitions that, that, that will be laid out for us by our young people in the future. And they're, they're soon going to be taking over the, the, the reins of authority. Right now, we have uh, a 73-year-old um, president of the United States and uh, a uh, VP who is uh, early 60s. You know, we're having the end of the baby boomers. come to um, to rise to authority 
and prominence in this country. But after them, there's going to rise up a group of young people who don't know Jacob. (laughs) Oh, let me explain to you. Huh? Who who, who did not know uh, about him. I, I ran into a 10-year-old the other day who I said, uh, do you like Michael Jackson music? I was just wanting to see how far back this kid went. Michael Jackson. <laughs> hey, folks, any of you listening to this show, if you are breathing, living, breathing in America, and you're over the age of, um, uh, gee whiz, 10, or tw- not 10, but 20, 25 at least, most 25 if you're over the age of 25 of course you know who michael jackson was but do you know there is a generation being that's coming up right now the 10 year olds they're 10 year old kids who've never never heard of michael jackson it's just not a part of their world is his music is it's just not a part of their world but he was bigger than life there are kids today who are 20 years old and older who've never heard an elvis song or a Little Richard tune. Don't know who Chuck Berry is. Who's probably the, truly the, the king of rock and roll. <laughs> I got a chance to meet Chuck. Chuck was a character. But anyway. This. That we're facing. Is fundamentally. A change. Yeah, it's fundamentally a change that is uh, about to be initiated if we don't wake up. And odds are that we may find more comfort in the sleep. And if that is the case, it's not for me. I'm going to be fighting this. I'm going to fight this change. I'm going to fight the ignorance. Because this is not about black lives whatsoever. This is not about George Floyd. Uh, It's not about that. It's about a visual. Black lives are lost every day in America in heinous uh, w- ways in, in, in ways that make no sense whatsoever absolutely senseless and the sorrowful thing about it is that it can happen to any black person in certain communities at any time it's a way of life and it happens on a daily basis so don't tell me that the black lives matter. Otherwise, you would do something about that. This is about a visual yeah, of a white male killing a black male. It fits the, narr- it fits the narrative for the liberals to a T failed at everything else as far as trying to take down um, they, they, they have failed at everything Sean 
everything. The only thing they are successful at is race hustling. <laughs> I'm going to be on Sean Hannity um, a little bit later today. Sean has uh, invited me to come on. I think I'm going to be on with Vince Ellison. Vince Ellis. And so Sean uh, and, and I are going to talk about this very thing. I've heard all the perspectives uh, and I like to lay back. I like to lay back and see who's saying what and then give my perspective on these things. And I am saying to you, this is not about blacks being killed. This is about a visual of a white male killing a black If this were about a black life, we would be doing something about black men killing black men daily, weekly. So uh, don't be duped by that. This is a full frontal assault by liberal uh, Democrats in their manipulation of something that is a crisis that they will not allow to go to waste. Yeah. As I said uh, a few weeks ago, um, Democrats are the only, they're, they're very good at taking a tragedy and turning it into a farce. Oh, Al Sharpton has done it many times. Uh, Tawana Brawley was, uh, I mean, if it had, if it had actually been a tragedy, he would have turned it into a farce. In fact, he turned it into a farce anyway. (laughs) Yes, he did. Pardon me. Al turned the Tawana Brawley thing, which began as a farce, into an even bigger farce. Everything he touches, even the funeral of George Floyd, beautiful occasion and so forth. But Al, of course, wanted to turn it into some farcical thing. The Floyd family, especially the one brother, I'm really glad that he seems to be um, someone who has a level head about how to proceed in all of this. And so, um, what do we do? You going to dismantle the police? (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think so. So what happens if you dismantle the police? Let me tell you what happens if you dismantle the police. Um, People who are able to afford it, and you don't have to uh, be able to afford much in order to have a private police force. I want to talk a little bit about that when I come back. Because if you want to talk about inequity, if you want to talk about uh, the uneven distribution of justice, you let the police forces in our communities become privatized. I'm CL. I'll be back in just a little bit to put another plank in that bridge to conversation. Don't go anywhere. Worth saving, so you came and changed my life. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. Three cops. Three. Three police officers, three peace officers could, in fact, patrol effectively a five-mile area. And if you brought in a fourth man, you could have a small community. Pay those four trained, hand-picked peace officers to patrol your uh, neighborhoods. We probably have to have eight because you want to do it in shifts. And do it effectively. I mean, be visible. Arm them? Of course, they're armed. <laughs> um, there has to be the guidelines of how you want people handled in your neighborhood. You would have that. And that's what you will get if, in fact, these idiots defund, dismantle their police forces. Uh, listen, I'm not wealthy, of course, by no uh, stretch of the imagination. But I live in a decent neighborhood, very nice neighborhood. And the people around me are decent folks. And I imagine that um, they have a decent median income. And the people in my radius, uh, in a five-mile radius of where I live, I imagine that most of us would be happy if it came to that to chip in to a peace officer fund. And hey, you better believe it that people who are paying money into that, they're going to get what they want. There's not going to be any break-ins. There's not going to be any intruders or any strangers. And you begin to get a society that is shut off, isolated, and it becomes almost segregated. This, my friends, is truly what the um, uh, progressive liberals want. That's what they want. They want that segment to be solely dependent upon the actions that they make toward them. They don't want them to make any actions on their own. And if black folks would wake up and understand how 
that game is being played and has been played for so many years. If you listen to what Joe Biden says, he'll tell you that he believes. He's telling you he believes he owns you. He owns your vote, which means he owns you because that vote means he's able to do stuff on your behalf that he feels is good for you that never has been good for you. Don't you understand that's why black folks are still angry, still mad? It's because, uh, yeah, you've given your vote and, and, and this and that. But in your mind, your perception of all of this is that nothing has been done for you. When actually the opportunity has been put there, we just haven't had the right guidance in how to manipulate and take advantage of the opportunity that is so glaringly available to all of us in this nation whatever your color may be if you don't know how to access the opportunity then It can be there and you can cry about it all you want. You'll never be able to take advantage of it if you don't know how to access it, if someone hasn't shown you. If all you've been told is that they don't want you to have it, if all you've been told is that you can never get past what you used to be, then you begin to believe that. Progressive liberals, the Democrat Party, the socialist uh, Marxist ideals of that party want it always to be present in the mind of black folks if they were slaves. They want you to keep that in mind that that's what you were and that's what you're going to be. They never want you to think about what you with the possibilities are right now and the opportunities are right now. They never show you how to initiate yourself into those opportunistic conversations. They always want you to dwell on what you were and what you were was a slave. What, you, what, what we were in this country was slaves, but that's not what we are now. But that's what they want you to think. The white man um, wants to do with you. And I'm going to say it, and I want you to hear it. You know who the white man is? You, you, see, you see black folks... Uh, we and I was I, w- I was definitely in that camp for a long time. I thought I thought all white men were the white man. No, there are black white men too. Oh my goodness, yes. Sharpton is definitely one. Oprah's one. Cosby was one. <laughs> OJ was one. They fell from grace. Oh, they're pl- the white man is a symbol of power and authority and influence. Power, authority, influence. 
You can have power. You can have authority. But those two things, unless you can influence the populace, you can have power, you can have authority that can be overthrown if you don't have the influence. The power and the authority to the Democrat Party comes uh, right now through Nancy Pelosi. We get rid of Pelosi, the power and the influence, uh, the power and the authority goes away. The influence for the Democrat Party is the media. Yeah, they have uh, influenced those who are, for the most part, uninformed. Or at least only get one side of a picture. You can have power, and you can have authority, but unless you have the influence, and the media has been that for uh, the Democrat Party, they have been the influence. They have influenced people to think things that are absolutely not so. Oh, yeah. After, after the, the show, I mean, after the break, after the show, um, when I come back after the news break, second hour, and if you don't get both hours, you'll be sure to download free the C.L. Bryant Show app onto your um, phone or uh, favorite device. Uh, those of you who are listening in the replay and terrestrial stations, download free the C.L. Bryant Show and uh, you will be able to hear us anywhere you go. The power and the authority can be overthrown if it has not the influence. And so, when I return, I want to talk to us about uh, how that very thing influenced the world how a line it's it's beginning to come out it's beginning to surface that we have been slowed unnecessarily by a lie huh we have been slowed unnecessarily by a lie the president you could tell was slow to believe this. They had to convince him that you have to shut it down, Mr. President. You have to. They can, he, he fought it tooth and nails. When he came out to shut it down, you could tell that he had been in a cuss fight with somebody. It was all over his face. He, I, I know that he did not want to do it. I, I didn't want to shut the, Who wanted to shut the government down, man? We were rolling. I don't know. We were rolling. We were we were big balling. All of you, I'm sure, are looking at your portfolios, you have to know. You have to know that America was on course to be the big baller and the shot caller in the universe, and we are. We still are. 
but I mean in a way that would be phenomenal. And when we ran into this virus obstacle, do you know what is so unbecoming to an American? Was that there were those who were shouting for glee that something like this had occurred so that it would slow the momentum of the American economy and the success, above all, of this president. And those who were shouting for glee, I can promise you, none of them were conservatives. Those who want to blame everything on this president but give him no credit for his successes they're not conservatives and friends those who are happy when bad things happen to you they're not conservatives they're progressive liberals so they're called who are socialist, Marxist, and communist at their core. Well, I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant uh, Show. The first time I'm back since I uh, had to come back to Louisiana for a time. Not really sure where I'm going to light. It really seems as though Washington, D.C. is in my crosshairs here uh, in uh, the future. But uh, for now... Uh, I am here. We got to get Donald John Trump reelected. And um, so after November, I believe we will see what goes down in the life of the runaway slave, the host of the C.L. Bryant Show. I'm C.L. Download free the C.L. Bryant Show. If you're traveling to, through Times Square, look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not. And there you will see above that iconic uh, place, the Red State Talk billboard. And every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show pops up there on that giant screen. And old C.L.'s face is looking right back at you. I'll be back after the news with more of the C.L. Bryant Show. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show.
Welcome back. Welcome back to the second hour of the C.L. Bryant Show. If you don't get both hours of the show, be sure to download free the C.L. Bryant Show. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at Rev, R-E-V, at Rev C.L. Bryant. Hey, folks, let me say this to you. Um, and and this, this hour, I want to talk about just how easily we can be influenced and manipulated. Are you hearing me? Just how easily that occurs. It's phenomenal. We saw it. Um, I didn't think that. I, I just didn't think that uh, this, we as Americans could be herded like we were. You see, when Jesus referred to people as sheep, he wasn't giving you some compliment. <laughs> I, I, I want you to understand that. Uh, sheep are basically, uh, with, without someone guiding them and influencing their, their, their direction, they're stupid. They must have it. And the shepherd, if he's a good shepherd, what he is able to do is make them um, stay away from things that would harm them. Wolves. But the good shepherd will give his life for those sheep. Now what you have are people who simply want to pimp the sheep for and fleece them. They don't care about them. And that's what I see many times in people like, um, you know, Sharpen and so forth, is that that's what they're doing. They're pimping the sheep. But the sheep are stupid enough to be pimped. Big problem. Because it becomes uh, comfortable, and you become, we become lazy, and we're very uh, good at letting other people do things for us. In fact, there are people who actually like being told who, what, when, and what to do. With their lives. They are institutionalized with liberal think. Institutionalized with liberal think. And they will be loathed. They, they will fight you tooth and nail at this point in time. If you say something that is counter to the way they have been programmed. Yesterday, I was preaching at a, a, a church in Shreveport, Shreveport Christian. Um, I mean, not Shreveport Christian, but uh, Christian Center. I'm sorry. Christian Center. 
Yes. Uh, Pastor Tim Carskadden and his wife Susan there, along with a wonderful congregation. Hugs, handshakes, high fives, all of that. We were not afraid of one another. And we're not going to be afraid of one another. That is something that we pretty much um, agreed upon. That we were not going to live our American lives in fear. And one of the things that we're not going to live in fear of is the people that we uh, hire to police our streets. Because um, for those who cannot afford privatization of the police department, then your alternative is not good at all. And you, as you have been down through the ages, you will be the victims, yes, again, of liberal policies. They have always worked to your detriment. And this is the most, this is the stupidest thing I can possibly think of. What happens when the police become privatized? <laughs> we'll talk about it in just a little bit, but uh, first, this COVID scare. Do you remember when it was being said that uh, children needed to stay clear of, you know, elderlies and so forth because they were prone to having it on themselves and then passing it to the elders. You remember that? Well, I was looking at this stat the other day, and uh, not only is it less than 0.1% of victims of this has been any type of infant or child, but they can't really confirm that there's any cases at all of a child passing this to an elderly a person or an adult. No. But that was the a part of the scare. It was also said, uh, and, and, um, let's see, I can't remember who it was, was telling me. Oh, it was my, uh, my daughter. One of my daughters was telling me <laughs> that she was in this store and she didn't have a mask on. And this lady who was basically in this uh, bee suit or something, is covered from head to toe, came up to her and started giving her the blues about not having a mask on. And of course, my, you know, any of my children are very outspoken when they're needed to be. She told her to mind her own business and get out of her space if she was so concerned about it. This has turned into an absolute uh, frenzy. With some, I saw a guy in his car by himself with his mask on. 
Now, now, you know, even though I, I'm just saying this, I'm saying this for, you know, visual and for force. But I could just, couldn't you just slap him? You could slap him. Sheep. Uh, and it's not any compliment that Jesus gives to anyone when he refers to us as sheep. Because sheep, and my wife and I, we had uh, several sheep on our place um, years ago. Oh, uh, about eight, nine years ago, we had sheep and goats and pigs and chickens. We had all of that, horses and cows. We had all of that kind of stuff down there. But the sheep, they were the um, they were the silliest. And a ram, a ram will butt you even though you've just fed him. <laughs> yeah, will butt you though you've you just fed him. They're stupid. And we as Americans, I never thought that we would be as sheepish as we had been in this coronavirus thing. Do you realize how quickly and easily it was for them to control our movement and our thought and shut down our livelihoods? Do you realize how quickly and easily it was done? Friends? That is, um, that's, that should be a wake-up call for all of us when we consider just how easily and quickly government had taken control of your very life. And we went along with it, and the after-effects of it is fear, of something that is unseen and that unseen something has always been the greatest enemy that mankind faces, isn't it? That fear of the unknown. And the president said it was an unseen enemy, but we beat this too, but you can't be afraid of it. And I I applaud the American president. I applaud our president, Donald John Trump, because it had, and I've said this on shows before, I've said this so many times. I don't believe that the President of the United States should ever show fear at any point in time. He should always stand in the face of it without fear at any point in time. And that's what this president has done. I know he has taken a lot of flack for it, but this president has not shown fear. He's shown determination, and that's that's what we should see in an American president. Very proud of him. Now, when we um, consider those things that um, would bring us down as a society 
defunding the police department, which people like Ocasio-Cortez and uh, Omar are promoting, that within itself, the, the fruit that, that, that's on that tree should by themselves, just, just mentioning the names, Omar and Ocasio-Cortez, if they are for this, then you ought to be against it. If they are on board with it, then you had better be against it. Yeah. You got all kinds of people that are now saying stupid stuff. And if you defund the police in major cities, especially cities that have been put upon by these riots, if you defund the police in these cities, friends, only those who are the poorest among us who try to live a decent life will be affected. And we will be living in a society you, you, we will be living in a society because truly the, the, the lunatics would have taken over the asylum where if you uh, don't wear a mask on your face you will be treated as though you are a leper do you want that I don't think so I know I don't I know that I don't you will be treated like you are a leper look at your televisions look at the people driving down the street next to you these people are many times affected and quite frankly as I said earlier I know that there are people who want to be told what to do how to do it when to do it they want to feel as though they're protected by something or someone and friends that ain't me I want to live my life as unencumbered and free as I can possibly do it and if there is something that is standing in the way of me doing that then I want it removed. I want it conquered, gone, so that we can live our lives as natural people and men and women. But on the other hand, there are folks who would like to encapsulate all of us for purposes and reasons of controlling the thought of the group and then introducing the narrative of groupthink. So that everybody's head is on a swivel, looking to see what the group is going to agree on thinking before they give you their opinion 
And that's where we're headed. That's where we are. Sad, but true. I think the visual of Joe Biden wearing a mask and Donald Trump standing fearlessly, steely-eyed into the cameras with no mask, I, I will always take the guy who looks the strongest. The voters always vote for the guy who looks the strongest. Now, come presidential debate season, this thing um, uh, we're talking about um, September, October. September, October. Presidential debate season. Right before the elections. Okay, let's just say that you have sort of a kick up in Corona. You have two men in their 70s running for the office. They got a debate. Do they debate virtually? Do they debate on the same stage? If they appear on the same stage, does Joe Biden have on a mask and does Donald Trump not? Hmm? Something about it. how will they be portrayed? I'm telling you, the guy without the mask will be portrayed as the stronger personality, the stronger character, more confident. It will hurt Biden in ways that I certainly trust will uh, take down his campaign. And, and in fact, Joe has hung around much longer than I thought he would. <laughs> and I'm still not convinced he's going to be the Democrats' nominee. We might talk a little bit about that when I come back. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. Don't go anywhere. Uh, as we build a bridge to conversation daily, you know, I'm just overjoyed you have made our show as popular as it has become. Thank you. We'll be back with a little bit more after these brief words um, the top of our show, the top of the hour, news hour. Let's take a look at some of the top headlines. So don't go anywhere. I'm CL. Be right back. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. C.L. back on this great day in the USA. 
um, right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. And I certainly want to thank you for coming along with us daily as we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Hey, um, (laughs) the other day, Mitt Romney. (laughs) Oh, man. And and you know what? I, I never would have thought that Mitt would have turned out to be this kind of guy. I just didn't. I just never would have thought it. But um, there was Romney um, in um, the streets marching with the D.C. protesters. And, of course, the president takes every shot, every chance that he possibly can at Mitt. Um, and he took a jab at Mitt. I don't know. Was this a tweet or what? Uh, yeah, the president said, hard to believe with uh, this kind of political talent, with his kind of political talent, his numbers would tank so badly in <laughs> In Utah. Yeah. It's hard to believe. I can just hear the president saying, hard to believe with his kind of political talent, his numbers would tank so badly in Utah. Uh, that is a masterful shot. That That is a shot to the liver uh, there. The president would uh, be a very formidable boxer. There's no question about that. And so you have all kinds of people buying into this foolishness. And I have said to you uh, that we are in a season now of being duped and used in ways that uh, we should not be uh, lend our, we should not lend ourselves to. But we have. And could it be because there is something to the old saying that we are becoming wiser but weaker, soft? I I believe it was Pastor uh, Karskadden who was saying that, um, you know, we're becoming soft. We're getting soft as as Americans. Are we breeding that? Are we breeding that into our young people? Is Is that what we're doing? Are we becoming soft like that? Can we afford to do that in a a world that is predatory? The Chinese are not fooling around, you know. They're not kidding. The Chinese are not kidding around. And if you say something bad about them, they call you the same. They'll say, I know I am, but what what, what am I? I know you are, but what, what am I? They turn, they're good at turning that gun back on you. And when we're looking at how many billions of, how many people, we talk about a quarter of the world's population. One quarter of the world's population is Chinese. Friends, Uh, that's formidable within itself. And we need a president at this point in time that does know how to deal with that. And this president was dealing, he had everybody um, at bay. He he had them at bay. He, He had the Chinese by the scruff of their neck before all this corona stuff came out. He had little Kim uh, you know, in a sensible, in a, in a position to deal with him, 
the Iranians, and you're not hearing much from them. They're trying to live over there because I think they're having a pretty tough time with this coronavirus thing that the Chinese let loose on the world. And uh, guess who's getting hit the hardest with this? We're their number one ally and enemy. Well, not ally, but number one partner and enemy. Isn't that a paradox? How can you be a number one partner and enemy at the same time? I think I've been in that situation in personal business. You probably have been, too, in business with a partner and an enemy. (laughs) But they become that way. Uh, And sometimes you go into it like that. Sometimes that's the way the business is. It's going to be that way. But we have a president now at the helm of this ship who calls it like he sees it. And it's not racist to do that. And we're in a season now where we have to ask the question, what is a racist? Uh, evidently the definition for them are much different than I know them to be uh, growing up in the late 50s and 60s 70s where uh, in Shreveport, Louisiana the south where I know racist well you know and and people can say the n-word and make you feel it in your core no, and, and, and black, young blacks today have no idea what that what I'm talking about. They're they're taking on a cause. We were living in a reality, and their cause is many times contrived and perceived. But I live through a reality. Their reality is not like that of the 60s and 70s. Believe me, I have four children, 11 grandchildren. Uh, I know what their reality has been. And it, ain't nothing, it was nothing like mine because I did everything I possibly could to make sure that their friends were all kinds of folks. And we lived in diverse neighborhoods, decent places. That is a choice, but I do know that we, we're not. We ain't in the sixties. We ain't in the seventies. But there are scenarios that are created through visuals made by stupid actions and human frailty. Human frailty is that. Uh, human frailty but what we are doing is putting visuals to it white male kills black male black males are killed every day by black males so it's not the black life that matters is it it's not the black life that matters is it Sean because black lives are taken every day by black folks by black people it's the visual. It's the visual. It's the visual. That's what I'm going to talk today. So let me talk to me. talk today about that. It's not really that is. It's not really the black life, is it, friends? Because black lives are taken by black men every day. Every day. So it's not that. 
It's the visual of a white male taking the life of a black male who happens to be a cop. Happens to be a cop taking the life of a black male in, in that fashion. That type of action is taken in a more heinous, in, 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 in all types of ways every day. But n- none of those inner city communities are being burned down because of that. Hmm? Either all lives matter or we're all hypocrites. Are you hearing me? Either all lives matter or all of us, especially us black folks, are hypocrites because we have now engaged in the same deplorable actions that we claim that we want to say were put upon us we want to engage in that we want to engage it's our it's though it's our turn now no 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 the whole civil rights movement was to uh, snuff out the inequity of that all of us across the board have the civil right none of our civil rights are more than the other you you can't talk about me any more than I talk about you. You can't get mad at me for that. Huh? I can't be penalized for talking about you in the same way that you talk about me. Huh? If you say uh, things derogatory about me, I have the right publicly, without any repercussion, then I have the right to say stuff about you publicly without any repercussions. If civil rights works across the board right that's the way it should work but no we have come to a point in America where you have such an inequity in the way um, we want justice to be dispersed somehow in in, in our community in the black community we're thinking that uh, another government program that pays me, you know, uh, X amount of dollars when I don't have to be there uh, but to balance the books or whatever. I can go do anything I want to do as long as that center is open and there's somebody there to talk to them. So you leave your wife there and you go do your thing. Whatever. Yeah. We have gotten to um, a place where all types of considerations are arising. Now, friends, um, when I consider the abolishment um, of the police forces around the country, you have People like Al Sharpton, Ocasio-Cortez, well, you know what, I can't lump Sharpton, I can't lump Sharpton into that because Sharpton is actually speaking with a a voice of um, understanding what could happen. Uh, the slogan may be misleading without interpretation, Sharpton said, talking about this uh, de- defunding police. 
sharp instead of calls to defund the police. I don't think that anyone other than the far extremes are saying we don't want any kind of policing at all, any kind of public safety uh, policing as we know it. So Sharpton is, and you have to watch him, you have to watch that because he's very good at it. Sharpton will be the one now who uh, begins to write the uh, guidelines People like Sharpton and Ocasio-Cortez and Omar, they will begin to write the guidelines. But Sharpton is going to try to take on the role of elder statesman and voice of reason, which he would be terribly, well, except for elder statesman in the black community. And I'm not really sure that's the right word, right term. But voice of reason, he is terribly not cast well in that role. No. Not at all. Mm-mm. Not at all. So, here we go. With all of this. Friends, um, Al Sharpton's back in the front of the, where he wants to be, the head of parade, the head of the parade, holding, marching down the street, walking in the rut of ignorance, holding hands with fools. That's, um, that's what Al wants. <laughs> yeah. That's what you want, huh? That's what, you, that's what you're dialing up. You're dialing up Al. Okay. Dial him up. You'll be sorry and that, my friends, is what is going to happen with this corona thing. We're going to be sorry that we allowed ourselves to be duped the way it was. But it wasn't it a, um, a natural response? I think it was. But we were helped along with the hysteria that was created by the news media. And uh, still, in the black community... You're being told by black leaders. I'm hearing it on black radio, urban radio. Stay home. Wash your hands. Keep your face covered when you go out in public. Yada, yada, yada. I still hear those ads run 24-7 in the, on urban stations. You can flip them all. You can turn, you can turn over there anytime and hear that. Oh, you can turn over there any time and hear that. So, what's the end game? What is the method to the madness? Have we been lied to about how deadly this is? Are the lies being told in order to gain a a, a more secure stranglehold on the American throat? There's a reason behind these, these actions. There's a reasoning. There's a reason behind them. And so... What we 
are charged with, what we are tasked with, is weighing these things in the balances and seeing what is real, what is lacking for us in our society. And, of course, as I, as I always say to you, the one thing that we must continue to do is uh, read between the lines of what's being said by those who, uh, well, we call um, leaders of communities. But after the break, I want to emphasize who that is, the leader of the community is. And uh, I want to leave you with that thought today. As our nation begins to steer and reopen and um, becomes re- revitalized, we are beginning to realize that we never should have or had to. I think we should have because we didn't know what we were working with. At least we, I think some people knew what we were working with. But um, it's just amazing how easily we um, descended into that type of um, being controlled, that kind of thought process. It was amazing how we descended into that. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show back uh, with the home stretch here. Uh, after this short break, guys, always a great honor to be alongside you as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation daily from 12.05 until 2 p.m. in the East. And uh, thank you so much for coming along. Join me on Hannity tonight uh, or, or to this afternoon on, on Hannity Radio this afternoon. Uh, I'm CL. Don't you go anywhere. Download free the CL Bryant Show app onto your favorite device. Be right back. You thought I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always live a hell in hand. 
CL back with you on this great day in the USA. So glad that you came along with us today as we build the bridge to conversation. You're listening to the CL Brian Show via Red State Talk Radio, the largest talk platform throughout the nation, most listened to, and I am glad to be a part of that family. Also, I want to thank Loving Liberty for having us on uh, and in their their family as well um hey friends i guess the uh, harsh realities that we're facing is a society that may be headed toward uh, wearing masks in public for now on because you know another pandemic another bug is going to come down the pike right you know that and you got um, I don't think the Democrat Congress people in the house have they haven't returned to to work yet have they returned to the hill yet I see a lot of the senators and um, Republicans they're they're on the hill they're trying to conduct business but Nancy hadn't called them back I don't believe I think uh, Deming and um all of that, all of them are still talking about how racism and all of this still is flourishing in this country. Let me speak to that. We have people who under, misunderstand the existence of racist versus a nation that has systemic racism. Um, in a, a place where you make choices of what you want to pursue and how you're going. And, and the how is, is probably the most important part to think about. And the how you're going to pursue in, in that type of nation, then you make the call on how you're going to pursue your life. You may have to... Now listen, I want you to understand something. There are racists in America but I, I, I don't believe in the narrative of systematic racism. I believe everyone has an opportunity to be what you want to be. You just have to find the way to be it. And what we are asking in many cases, what um, people are asking in many cases, is for uh, things to be given to us in ways that will cause us to be successful and when I think about all of the monies that have been given to this cause and this cause and to help uh, these folks and help those folks uh, become you know more and more I have noticed that um, those who would want to use that those who are, are using it uh, I have noticed that um they don't many times <laughs> use them for the intended cause. Do they? Of course not. Purpose. So racism, racist, exist in this in this world. But America is a place where people can take advantage of whatever opportunities they create. Let me say this to you. 
uh, let me put it, put it like this. The Lord has given me the wisdom to understand uh, my, wor- my world's reality. And he's given you the same. He's, he, we understand our world's reality. You, you hear me? We understand that from your own perspective. And everyone has the ability to understand their world's reality. The problem is you're not allowed to speak your world's reality to uh, a, a, a society that is politically correct. And if you do, you're called a racist. And the society then is set upon and turned on and called systematic racist because an ideology is not embraced. You hear me? If you don't embrace the ideology, then you're a racist. Not, you see, I have known racist uh, and believe me, they don't care that you know they are racist. Are you hearing me? They don't care that you know they are racist. And so People who defend themselves against those charges more than likely don't embrace racist philosophy. You see, KKK Bird, uh, he knew Senator Bird, Robert Bird, KKK Bird, Sheets Bird, as, as Rush called him. He didn't care that you knew his grand cyclops. He did want you to know he had been, been reformed, but he didn't want he didn't care that you knew. Uh, he wants you, he wanted you to know that he'd come into the twentieth century. Now his core beliefs are still the same. He just was saying to America that he believed that black folks um, can can. He didn't say he ought, they ought to. He said they can, and of course they can. <laughs> it's constitutional that they can. So he wasn't saying anything we didn't know already. All right, you understand what I'm saying? He hadn't reformed. He just simply changed his narrative that he had in from the 60s. He changed it to the 80s. That's what he did. But he never lost his core value beliefs. Good friends of Bill Clinton. Good friends of Hillary's. Yeah, I know they are. I can tell you because Hillary acts as though she owns black folks too, doesn't she? <laughs> oh, yeah. You see, the amazing thing is those who are actually the racist in this country, they're never charged, they're never seen as racist, but their actions give them away. 
what uh, self-respecting individual, one individual who I think is, would be sane, would go to a black church if you're white, and then you try to mimic the sound of the black preacher in the pulpit. And then black people begin to, I, I, want, to, I want you to see how the derangement syndrome works. Because they have you on the, the tirade, the tantrum, the, the, the uh, uh, tantrum of n- not liking Trump. I'm talking to you liberals now. But I also want you to see black folks now. I'm talking to you, black liberals, how you embraced this white woman progressive liberal standing in a black pulpit, obviously trying to mimic the tone, the sound, and the cadence of what she perceived to be uh, Clay Evans, I guess. Uh, Yeah, Clay had that kind of cadence that she was trying to mimic. Uh, Dr. Evans. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody got mad about that. In fact, they applauded her. That's my girl. That's my girl. Yeah, down in Brazil. That's down in Brazil. And see, you are misled by these people. They choose for you who you ought to like. And they choose for you who you ought not to like. Isn't that amazing how that vocabulary works like that? They choose how you ought and how you ought not. You just add a word. But they're in control of that entire narrative, whether you don't choose, whether you do choose. They have an opinion about it. And the only way that you get along is you agree with them or they initiate something that should be further explained. And maybe I'll have a little time to explain it here before we um, these next three minutes. They initiate no justice, no peace. Hmm? What do you mean by that? What, what do you mean by that? You mean that you want us to administer your justice? Or the justice of the law that is written to govern your individual and your particular society? You see, if I surrender to your version of no justice no peace then your version of it may not work in my neighborhood and friends that is the common sense that we must now embrace is the common sense that we must now uh, have available to us as a tool to put out the fires of ignorance that have been blazing all around us to combat the changing definitions that come about to change our destination. You change the destination, you change the definition, you change the destination. If if, uh, a, a man is no longer a man and he's, you know, just a, a neutral gendered character or individual 
then uh, you change the destination of manhood, don't you? Huh, don't you? You change the definition of manhood. And you change the destination of manhood. And I am trying to tell you that is what they would want to do. It's change. the definition and change the destination I'll leave you with this question what are you prepared to do about it now, I'm not citing you I'm not trying to tell you to go do anything crazy or anything, but what are you prepared to do about it there are a lot of people prepared to go to the mat it's almost like a soldier um, some all gave some some gave all and I think all of us find ourselves somewhere in between that. Giving what we can. But what are you prepared to do? To save our republic, to save your community, to have our religious freedom continue. What are you prepared to do? Well, maybe you should answer that question. I know you ought to join us here tomorrow as we pick up, again, building the bridge to conversation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I want to thank you for coming along with us. And uh, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our mind. And I pray that God will bless and keep you all. road.